Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Hey friends, welcome back to the room. It's Jenny. I've uh, probably like you, I've been watching the news quite a bit over the last few months and It got me thinking about a story that I read when I was very young. So when I grew up, uh, I grew up in an extremely rural environment and we didn't have television. And so I spent the majority of my time, I read, um, I would, we had a bookmobile for any of you who may have ever lived in a rural area, the bookmobile comes and you get on the bookmobile and you, you know, check out as many books as you can read in the two week period of time before the bookmobile came back. And I was no exception. It would be not uncommon for me to check out 12 to 15 books and these would be thick, you know, inch and a half, two inch books you know, hundreds of pages. Um, I was a voracious reader when I was younger. And in addition to reading books from the library, from the bookmobile, I also, at the time, we also had a subscription to Newsweek, Time, and U.S. News and World Reports. I'm not sure if all of those magazines are still in paper existence. They may be in digital existence. But I remember always reading, that was part of what I did. I read those three magazines to really learn about the world and about news. And I was fascinated with the news, the politics in the news, and just the various stories about the economy and and, and such. And I remember at the time, so this would have been in the early 70s, you know, it was really important, uh, I, I remember growing up, that loyalty to company and companies' loyalty to workers was very important. So if you think about in the 1930s and 40s and 50s, you know, the industrial tycoons, the industrial revolution really depended on workers, but it depended on those workers and the employer or the corporation to enter into this relationship of loyalty and trust and care. I would say. And I remember one day, I it was probably U.S. News or might have been Newsweek. I remember getting our latest subscription and I, you know, sat down and was reading through the various stories and, you know, thinking about the people in Congress. You know, at one point I had all of the members of Congress memorized. That's how geeky I was. But I remember reading these stories and You know, in the 70s, I know there was a huge gas, we had a huge um, uh, gas shortage and that caused a lot of challenges. But I remember there was this one particular story. I opened the magazine and, you know, they had a few pictures and these columns of black and white text. And I remember reading, it was a very small story. It was, it was, had a little, you know, black line around it. And I don't even remember the headline now, but Whatever the headline was, it caused me to be excited and read it. 
And so I'm reading this story and it was about a car plant, a manufacturing plant in Michigan. And it was talking about, the story was talking about how this, let's say, I don't know, maybe it was GMC or Ford Motor Company, you know, it'd been this huge company and, uh, you know, people had been working there for years, years and years and years. And, you know, that was loyalty, right? You you got with a company and you stayed with that company. You know, you might have gotten married before or after you got to the company, then you'd work for that company, you might get promoted, uh, you'd have new opportunities. Um, and that's particularly for white collar, um, for some of the white collar employees, but for the blue collar, the workers, the people who are on the line, uh, you know, putting cars together or uh, doing whatever manufacturing was required, you know, they would stick stick with the company for decades. And often in small towns, particularly, uh, you know, you'd have a father or a mother who would come to the plant, they would start working at that plant. And usually when their children came of age, their children got jobs in those plants. Why? Well, not only was it, you know, not only some of these plants were the employer of choice because they were the only employer in town. But there was also this sense of loyalty, of connection, of due care on both sides. For corporations, I think when I was certainly growing up, I don't know that I'm, you know, I don't know that we had the I the concept of corporate greed like we talk about it now or, you know, kind of railing against the corporate structures in the way that 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 you see today. But I remember reading this story and it was again, it was a short story, maybe 180 words. It wasn't long. And it was about this factory that uh, there was a gentleman there who'd been working there for it's like 32 years. And the story was about this man and, you know, how hard he had worked at this company and he was getting close to getting to retirement. Maybe 35 years was his retirement or it wasn't even that. It was like maybe he's in his 30th year and he was going to retire in his, you know, 31st year. I don't recall the specifics. But what I do recall was loyalty and the power of loyalty. This gentleman had worked in this company for 30 years. And he was in the window for retirement. Now imagine you've worked someplace for 30 years. You've given your all. You've, you know, you've seen your children, you know, be born, grow up, go off to high school, college, get married, have their own children. So it's like generational, right? And and what what rattled me about this story as I was reading was this gentleman who had given his life to this company was laid off or fired just months before he would collect on his retirement. And I remember as a little girl, as like seven years old, I was not very old, I was under 10. As a seven-year-old, I remember thinking loyalty, the idea of loyalty was going to become eroded. Now, I probably did say eroded, but I remember experiencing the shock and really the disruption of of this man who'd given his life to this company being laid off 
or being fired, but he was no longer going to be working at that company just months before he would actually officially retire. I remember them talking about him getting his gold watch and he would get his retirement pension. But here this man was, he had given his all and he was cut, right? And so he was basically left with nothing, holding the bag, holding the bag of his dreams, his spouse's dreams, his children's dreams, and he was too old to be able to go back to work or in that small town, you know, no one was hiring his particular skill set anymore. So today I want to talk about and really think about loyalty. I'm going to fast forward, you know, a number of years to the news, today's news, which is, you know, a combination of news, commentary, opinion, opinion, opinions, uh, speculation, etc. But I've been watching the news of former um, President Donald Trump and the numerous, now I guess he has up to four criminal indictments, but it's not him that I'm really curious about. It is thinking about loyalty and how much should loyalty cost. You see, he's out of office now and he's, you know, attempting to get back into office. And of course, there's all of these investigations and, you know, it it isn't about him as the person. It is about the idea of leaders and loyalty. I don't know that we're as loyal, you know, the story that I shared of, you know, my early child years reading, you know, Newsweek and Time magazines and reading about this this gentleman who had worked 30-some years in a company and then was just laid off with nothing. He would get no retirement for all of his hard work. So what did loyalty cost him? Instead of him going from company to company, maybe manufacturing plant to manufacturing plant, he stayed in one place. And as a result of that, he... He, he had a tremendous cost. His entire livelihood was gone. You know, everything he banked on, everything he, he anticipated being able to get was gone. But that was the exchange, that, that was the loyal, the, 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 the reward for his loyalty was going to be being able to get a pension. So think about the numerous people around Trump now who in their loyalty to him, in their belief in his words, the effect that his words and his leadership has had for people, uh, the intentions with which he has set people in motion into action, that that people committed to his words, his guidance, his leadership. And by becoming loyal to his cause, his set of beliefs, As a leader, I am talking about this as a leader, people have literally staked their lives, their livelihoods, their futures on being loyal to this particular person. I was hearing, listening tonight, a a news story about, um, you know, America's greatest mayor, former former, uh, New York City mayor, Rudy Giuliani, who really skyrocketed to... Uh, fame, at least in round two, skyrocketed to fame when he uh, became really the stabilizing leader 
the, the, the stabilizing leader that America needed, that New York needed after the bombings of the, after the September 11th tragedy. And he, I mean, literally his leadership, his strength of character, his decisiveness was what helped people get through uh, and, 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 you know, be able to continue to move forward, not only as a city, but also as a nation. And of course, at some point along the way, he entered politics and, and, and such. But tonight I was listening to a story and it was talking about the massive legal bills he has as a result of multiple lawsuits that he has filed, as well as multiple lawsuits that have been filed against him because of his words, the things that he has carried forth. But when you get underneath it, in my opinion, because of his loyalty to a leader. And I really paused tonight and I wondered, what should, how much should loyalty cost us? You know, for Mr. Giuliani, he's at the end of his career. You know, I think he's in his late 70s, early 80s. He's at the end of his career. Millions and millions, they said he's trying to sell his beautiful New York City apartment for $6.5 million. And that probably isn't even a drop in the bucket of the millions of dollars of legal fees that he may owe now or may, or may owe in the future. But it's the, like, what is the cost of loyalty? And I think about this because this is a very big and national situation, right? But what about smaller ones? What about the cost of loyalty in our offices, do we have people who are loyal to us and we're not the leaders that they think we are? Are we loyal to companies and people who don't have our best interests in mind at all? You know, loyalty is this, it's not necessarily tangible, um, but it is clearly something that we often think about and we ask about, you know, is that person demonstrating loyalty? Another show that I happen to be watching right now is a show called Billions. I think it's on uh, Showtime or I'm not sure. But it's a story about hedge fund leader, a hedge, a hedge fund leader who is has made billions. And I was, again, thinking about they're in a very tenuous place now in the episodes and in the series. And I was thinking about loyalty. There are people who are so loyal to this particular character, this man in this in this series called Billion, Billions, that they're willing to go to jail. And the legal profession, the district attorney in this particular example is doing everything that he can to get these people to flip on this, this leader. But it's loyalty that is keeping some of them willing to go to jail. And so I just wonder, you know, how much should loyalty cost? What kind of leaders should we be that someone who has to ask themselves that question would be willing to be loyal with us or to us? Conversely, how much should loyalty be extended to our employees, to our peers, to our colleagues? What does it cost us? What should it cost us? It's just something that I've been really reflecting on because I don't know, you know, I, I, I imagine that the people who have supported uh, Donald Trump over the years, 
you know, there's all kinds. There's there's a, a retired uh, Navy enlisted man who has been uh, indicted with him. There's a gentleman who, you know, I believe he's a, like a facilities manager who's been indicted. So these folks, you know, there's a particular reason why they were loyal to to Donald Trump and and his company. But the convert the flip side of that is is that loyalty extended? And if not, how do we weigh the the point where we stop being loyal, either to a company or to a person? Or where should others weigh when they should stop being loyalty to our companies, to our departments, or to us as leaders? So I'd love to hear your thoughts. I don't have anything fully formed yet. I'm just reflecting on these different images. The first, as I shared, the gentleman from my childhood readings who uh, was loyal to a company to his absolute 100% detriment. And other stories of, you know, in this case, uh, Donald Trump and the many people around him who are facing lawsuits, criminal criminal lawsuits, joint jail time. Is that loyalty worth it? I don't know. I don't. I don't have a one way or the other. I do think about the man though who sacrificed his entire life for a company and was empty at the end of it, really empty. So. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, share them if you're uh, listening to this on uh, your favorite podcast platform. Drop a comment. Or if you're on LinkedIn while you're listening to this, please drop a comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts about how much should loyalty cost and how do we determine that? Thanks for listening. Please share with a friend. Um, in some future episodes, I'm almost to my 50th, 50th episode, which I'm super excited about. Um, I'm going to actually start to shift a bit and uh, have some new new types of format of, of conversation. So stay tuned to that. It's going to be a couple more episodes away. And uh, in the meantime, share this. Like it, of course. Uh, invite a friend, another leader to uh, listen in. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in the room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.